Hello and welcome to another bonus podcast. My name is Crystal Taves. I'll be hosting the podcast this morning and I'm joined by some people who will introduce themselves in a minute. We're going to be talking about identity today, how we uh, see ourselves and what are the pitfalls of that? Uh, what are the bonuses of having identity markers? So I thought I'd ask each person to identify themselves by some of these things we naturally hold on to. So I'm going to start with you, Thalia. Okay. So identity. So I'm Thalia. I'm one of the pastors on staff. I guess that would be one of my identities. I'm in the care department, another identity, not a preaching pastor. I'm a counseling pastor. (laughs) I make that very clear. Very clear. (laughs) Yes. I am married. So I'm a wife. I'm a mom of two kids. I am a reader, I would say, and I'm a Mm. walnut hater. Oh, walnut oh. hater. I know. They're you terrible. You and Bob would hang out well then. I don't, yeah. I don't think a lot of people like to eat walnuts. Oh, I love walnuts. And banana bread? That is the best. That's so disgusting. Good. It's like a daily food for Chocolate me. chips Ew. and banana bread. All right. Aaron and I, we're on the same page. <laughs> walnut eaters. There we go. <laughs> Are, Are you that? athletic? Oh, absolutely not. Okay. I can do some outdoorsy things, but you, you wouldn't want me on your team if you had any kind of team thing going on. <laughs> How about you, But Aaron? you'd be fun. I could be <laughs> if I'm not scared and hiding in the corner. I used to hide when it was baseball. I'd go to the back of the line and I'd still stay at the back of the line and just kind of hang out very quietly at the back of the line. So I never had to go up to bat. Oh, and it was a yes. success if I could get through like a gym period without ever yeah. having to go to bat because I was just bad. Because oh. people probably wouldn't notice that, right? right? They're also yeah. wrapped up in their own uh-huh. life. They didn't yeah. notice that you were hiding in nope. the corner. No. Nope. And all the boys always want to go up to bat. So right. You were okay at the back of the line. I knew my mm-hmm. identity. <laughs> I'm Erin. I'm a walnut lover, as Formesson mentioned. Also a chocolate lover. Um, I am a mom. I currently go through three different schools in my day. So I'm a mom of all ages, I guess. I'm a weight trainer. Oh, Not not that I train other people, but I I do (laughs) physical activity by lifting weights. Training with weights, I guess. Um, Would you say you're a former missionary or a current missionary? I am a former missionary, overseas missionary. Yes. Yes. I'm a Bible study table leader. <laughs> I'm a wife. Yeah. Good stuff. I'm recently converted from being a tent camper to a trailer camper. Wow. Your new identity. That's my new identity. Well, seriously, at the campground, that will really change things. Yes. I will not be that- one of... Those people. I will be one of those. We call that glamping. (laughs) You're a podcast contributor? True. There you go. Yes. Then there's me, Nancy. I am a pastor's wife. (laughs) It's like such a huge identity (laughs) crisis issue. I don't think you've ever used that identity. No. No, No. not usually. But um, yeah, I am a mother of two boys. Um, boys, Which is an identity. Which is an identity, especially just boys in the house always crazy um i i guess you could say i'm an athlete i used to be a tomboy that is an identity i have mostly shed okay um as i've grown up um and matured um (laughs) i am an extrovert beyond all extroverts we've defined we've talked about that before in a podcast Uh um i am a wife i am a sister i do like to read um, probably not as much as Thalia. Um, Would you say that you have an identity as a staff person in apologetics? Do you use that at all? Uh, probably not so much. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of one that people don't really understand. 
like what some maybe in the Christian circles I'll use a little bit. But generally, I just tell people that I work admin at a church with my husband. I don't try and the apologetics things just goes just sends up all kinds of like blank stares. Okay, so that's kind of when I leave in the pocket. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, unless they're. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. And I'm Crystal and I'm one of the pastors here on staff. Thinking what, how I introduce myself usually, I think as a mom of three kids, and I often talk about the sports that my kids play, mm-hmm. I think that's part of shaping kind of a picture of what our family is like. Like we're at the hockey rink a lot, we're mm-hmm. at the volleyball court a lot, so people get a sense of that. I like reading. Um, I'm a student. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. taking right. my master's degree, mm-hmm. pulling my hair out. No, it's good. I enjoy <laughs> sometimes. It. Yeah, sometimes. Um, I'm a runner. I like running. Yes, I'm not a runner. I can just pitch that right in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, those would be the things. I'm, I love water skiing. Right. That would be another thing that I would see us identify myself with. So, mm. yeah, that mm. would be them. What are yeah. other ones? We want to talk about identity kind of in a general topic today, yep. just identifying the pieces that people use to define themselves and then talk about some of the problem areas that holds for us and some of the helpful identities we can take on. And then also we want to talk about what the difference is between the identity that every person has and the identity that we have when we become Christians, Mm because there is a basic identity that all of us have and share, and there's implications of that, and there's also identities that we have because we are creations, Mm -hmm. uh, we are Christs. Mm -hmm. So basically, what would be other things that people would say um, in terms of as we ask each other or ask other people the questions that we just asked ourselves? What would other people base their identities Mm on? Job. What yeah. do you do for work? Like, mm-hmm. what do you do during the day? Right. Yeah. That's basically a huge question when you're first meeting someone, and even trying. To, I mean, that's how we categorize people, right? Yeah. Whether they're worth our attention or not, <laughs> yeah. based on what they do, which is horrible. So but that's yeah. how. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely our abilities. Yeah. You know, are you an athlete? Are you a musician? Are you what? Yeah. What can you do? Yeah. How many languages can you speak? Oh yeah. Actually, in other parts of the world, that's one of the top like five. Hi, quite- how are you? What's your name? Where do you live? You know, what do you do for work and how many languages do you speak? Well, wow. like right up there. Around here, it's probably just one. That's yeah. probably But you go in Europe, yeah, and people yeah. can go all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think our role identifies us a lot, like yeah. whether we're married or single. Hmm. That's a big one. Kids or no kids is huge, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what church you go to. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you're even a Christian, sometimes right. that's even like if they find out that that you are a Christian, like in our neighborhood, we are yeah. the Christians. So yeah, yeah. Or so. what religion? Mm-hmm. I guess you absolutely know, you that are too. A part of yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or what health issues you have? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a cancer survivor, mm-hmm. or I'm a mom of special needs, right. or things like that. We hear a lot. Yeah, yep. Um, so we can. It's like a badge. Yeah, we might not say this overtly, but we can be defined by our money and our possessions yeah, and totally. what area of town we live in, those kind of things, right? <laughs> Very much. We can say, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a West Abbotsford person. West Abbotsford. Yeah. Eagle Mountain <laughs> person. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, yeah. yeah. And then what happens if I move? Yeah, it you're going ha- to have an identity crisis. I have well, held myself as a West Abbey person for so long. See, and every f- once in a while when we think about moving, we're like, what if we went to the other side of town? That would like totally... <laughs> train wreck my identity <laughs> see I'm not even from Abbotsford so that doesn't like originally so that doesn't mean a whole lot right. to me the fact that I live in Abbotsford is an identity crisis right? I would agree with you because yeah. growing up in, in Richmond or in the city right so when Andy first Abbotsford is just those farm folk oh, out there the hicks down yeah. when Abbotsford. Andy first started looking for a job here I was like what are you doing 
I do not move to Abbotsford. <laughs> I God, up, and I've already talked about this. <laughs> I grew up coming to Abbotsford only twice a year for holidays to visit relatives. Yep. It was so long and they had this mm-hmm. terrible hick mall, Seven Oaks. <laughs> and I was just like, what is this place, Abbotsford? <laughs> and now I live here. I know. And it's not it, so bad. No, no but it no, is no. an identity crisis. No, I'm not a North Vancouver girl like I identified myself years ago. I am yeah. now an Abbotsford mom. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? Yeah. You know, you should drive you a truck and have North a gun. And, you. Oh, Right. Yes. Yeah. When we around appear town, that's around town, that's yeah. <laughs> when Crystal North and I go to <laughs> meetings, they'll look at us and they'll say, "Oh, Northview's in the house." And I'm like, uh, "Thalia, it's just me. Uh, yeah. It's just me." But yeah. I represent Northview wherever I go. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, "That's a pretty big label to hold." I don't Absolutely. know about that. Yeah. yeah. And then the fact that we're pastors, but female pastors, because yeah. there's not very many. No. And so you yeah. walk into a room and you're, there's 60 guys and there's two women. It feels, oh, okay, it's an identity marker that definitely makes you stand out in a group. Sisters, yeah. would you pray? Yeah. <laughs> Haley yes. has been traumatized by that. I know. Uh, sexual identity is a big thing these days. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like, I mean, you can't go on Twitter or anything without seeing some kind of article about something to do with that, whether it's mm-hmm. the homosexual thing or the gender identity, yeah. the, all the different pronouns that people are using, like yeah. the sexual identity piece is just mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then things that you've had in your past, abuse or yeah. some kind of a crisis you've lived through, some kind of a natural disaster or something you get tag that on that's part of your identity so that might not be something you say to somebody when you introduce yourselves but it's kind of some of the baggage that you might be carrying Mm -hmm. for sure yeah you might say it i mean depending on the situation or they might know it about you and they tag it onto your identity yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's interesting whenever um my sister is a cancer survivor and there's certain people that whenever i meet them that's the only thing they ever ask me how's your sister doing i'm like it's been 15 years like, she's okay. Yeah. Like, but that's the only thing, like, that's how they define her yes. as a cancer survivor, right? And there's so much more to her than oh, that. There's so much more. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know her, but I'm just assuming yes, that. Yes, there is. Yep. Mm-hmm. If she's like Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> a little. We'll take that. So which identities do we hold on to tightly? And what happens if we hold on to identities too tightly? Hmm. I remember when a number of years ago when I was a full-time mom, that's how I defined it. So homemaker, housewife, whatever you wanted to put it, that was my identity. And Mark and I agreed on that and I stepped into that role, but I struggled with that role because when I would introduce myself, you'd have to say I'm like a full-time mom. And I always felt that I was of less worth than people who had a job. And and I didn't know how to do that. So I ended up qualifying it. Well, I'm a full-time mom, but I... Yeah. volunteer at school but I help Mark with his work but I to give yourself some kudos yeah, or some pats yeah, yeah. because it yeah. felt like everything stopped as soon as I introduced myself as full-time mom it's like I had no brain and no hobbies and no interest and the mm-hmm. conversation wouldn't go any further so it's very sometimes it's very hard when we have an identity that we even put on ourselves and then what do you do yeah yeah sometimes even your kids right so when people ask you like yeah kids what do they do well, they actually like to stay at home and play, right? But I'm, but now we've put Tristan in cross country. So now I'm like a cross country mom, right? Yeah. So unless your kids are doing something and successful at something, yeah. right? Then you don't really have anything to talk about your kids, but right. they're, but that shouldn't, <laughs> do you mean? So that's huge part of, of how we identify ourselves or how people identify you. It's a, it's a very hard thing to sit on the side and watch your kids not do very well at something and want to crawl under the bench and say, that's not my child. 
Yeah. You want to be that parent that identifies themselves as the <laughs> With MVP the mom, you yeah, know, the, and the yeah. honors roll mom. Yeah, right. Yeah, the awards day. That's, yeah. I was yeah. like a bumper sticker the... on the back of my van that says, yeah. I am the mother of. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you do when that's not your reality? How do you define yourself? Yeah. That can be really crushing. And yeah. that becomes your identity then, right? Then you feel is like a failure. Your, or your a... kid isn't this, this societal succeeder, yeah. right? And then that becomes your identity. It's really hard when I sit with a lot of people and I have to tell them, you know what, actually we're fairly ordinary. You know, and they come trying to come to grips with the fact that we are regular, ordinary people. Mm. You know, I haven't made a CD and I have, I'm not a gourmet cook on TV and I don't have, I haven't one survivor and I don't have these major <laughs> things that I have, you know, walked in. I'm just a regular person living in Abbotsford. Mm-hmm. Right. I and remember. they okay. struggle against that. They struggle against that for themselves or yeah. to understand you that way? What are you? No, they struggle against it for themselves. Like we're they all generally, have we something. all want to have something that makes us shine brighter than everyone else. Hmm. Instead to walk in the fact that actually our identity is pretty normal, regular, everyday people. Yeah. I think the place where we often struggle the most with our identity is on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. When we see what other people are doing, their achievements, their kids' achievements, like what exciting things are they doing on the weekend? And yeah. I had to oh. vacuum the house yeah. or do the laundry because <laughs> yeah. that's what my was necessary, right? And that that's okay, right? That, you know, or you play games like sorry or yeah. trouble with your yeah. kids because that's what the day holds and you couldn't go hike or go on a vacation or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I've taken hiatuses from Facebook periodically. We mm-hmm. went through a season um, earlier in this year where, where I was like kind of crushed as a parent and I just went I gotta go off of this for a while because it seemed like then everybody right then had wonderful accolades to tell of their children and I was feeling kind of really yeah, working not, through some stuff. not good yeah. <laughs> about mm-hmm. where things were at and man it's so depressing it yeah. just crush you oh they just got an award <laughs> oh they just got like, <laughs> like, Why turn it me? off because yeah. yeah. that's when we realize that we're holding that identity pretty yeah. tightly yeah mm-hmm. and our own feelings of like discouragement and despair are rising because yeah. something is not working out the way we had right. identified ourselves right yep I've realized in the past, um, like when I went from working full time to having kids, I wasn't so much worried about what other people were thinking in terms of me being a stay-at-home mom. But for myself, I realized I, that I depended a lot on getting pats on my back from oh, other people yeah. that said, oh, you're doing a great totally. job, Crystal. Or or you feeling that success at the end of a day of having accomplished a bunch of things. And then you have a baby that's not giving any pats on the back. <laughs> and you're not accomplishing anything ever. And I'm like realizing, yeah, that I had an identity placed in being a productive member of society mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I wasn't yeah. well you I were like I was yeah <laughs> you but you know were. In, but in the <laughs> but criteria it's hard to see that it. I had in my head yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. make a list um change diaper 14 times yeah <laughs> cross that off yay me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we sometimes hold our own identities too in our personalities yeah like yeah. you said I'm an extrovert some people will say to me I'm an introvert and I'm shy so I can't Right? We hold that identity pretty tightly. So that's where it becomes a problem yeah. is where we yeah. allow it to define us in ways that it shouldn't. Right. Right. Any one so, of those things, yeah. not but just I'm introvert, an, extrovert. Opposite. I'm an extrovert, so I must. Ah, right. Okay. right. But I do not must, right? I shouldn't always must, right? In terms of what? Controlling uh, well, that conversation? Controlling conversation, things? always being the one to step up and not like, mm-hmm. do you mean, sometimes that's okay. That's my role, but I shouldn't always have that role because other people need to 
step into that role as well and not always feel obligated that just because I am the extrovert that I have to fill that role yeah. or whatever, you know, public role that that is. Yeah. That that doesn't always have to be me because I'm not just an extrovert. I also love to serve, right? I yeah. love to be in the kitchen. I love to bake. I love things that maybe typically an introvert would love. Right. But it's part of my personality too that I don't mm-hmm. always have to possess this, you know, front of the the room role, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know my daughter finds it hard when people look at her and they say, oh, you're so tall. Mm-hmm. Like when we're defined by a physical character trait and people don't want to always be looked at, oh, you have red hair, you must have a temper, you must have this. You know, that's what <laughs> I used to have red hair. Like I colored it red and that's what I'd get all the time. It was annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I have one <laughs> in my home. <laughs> yeah, but physical traits have that can, conversation a lot. We can define ourselves on that. Hmm. Or people I meet with will define themselves based on stuff that's happened in the past. And I think you yep. said that, Aaron, like our, our victim mentality. Mm-hmm. I can't do it because I have all this crap from my past. So then I can't yeah. go forward. It's, because I was not taught how to be a good mom or because yeah. I was abused or because all these different things. Yeah, But yeah. also because we feed that a little bit. Like you read things like, oh, look, there's other people who are victims and look at... Th- they, they got through it and now that's part of who they are and it becomes a thing. Like we feed it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am a victim. Like, yes, somebody hurt me. Oh, it was unjust. And we, we build that identity up. Mm-hmm. And we can use that identity, right? It's something that mm-hmm. God uses in us, but when that becomes something that holds us back or it par- paralyzes us, that's when it's become becomes a pitfall, right? Yeah, like you were talking earlier about the introvert. You just yeah. got started and, and then I cut you off there. That's okay. But, <laughs> but, it's, it, but we hear that a lot. People saying, I can't join Women's Bible Study or I can't go to that because I'm an introvert. I can't come to the weekend services because it's too big. Well, we can, if we get if we allow ourselves to be defined by that and li- to, to limit us, we're yeah. not really operating out of our, out of our abilities. Because what I find there is that we're often acting out of our identity, Mm -hmm. but we haven't stopped to think, is that my identity? And do I have to operate out of that? We just do. Mm. We don't really think about this conversation. Like this identity conversation is a really unusual one. Well, and I think some of those things we put into the wrong proportion. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the victim might be like our biggest piece and being a sister might be the smallest piece, right? Right. It could maybe... It's in the wrong balance, hmm. yeah, out of proportion, right? Yeah. The victim should be a part of it, but it's not all of who but you it's not are. All it's of not who you. You, are. you went to school for this. You're a tradesperson. You're also a victim. Like, yeah, yeah. And sometimes when you set certain things aside too, and, and enter into a situation with a different role in mind, and that sometimes something doesn't always affect. I mean, it is. It's a part of who we are, but it can't always be the lens that we view everything through, right? Mm-hmm. I even find that when. Um, Andy has, when we have the young adults at our house, like I have to take my mom like face off, my mom <laughs> mind off. And I just got to stick it in my pocket and be like, okay, these people do not want to hear about my children. Right. And they right. know that I'm a mom and, and those things are, and I do share about that, but it can't be the thing that I talk about all the time with them right. because they don't identify with that. And so I, sometimes that just needs to be put aside. I was aside. thinking more that maybe you'd have your mom hat on and you'd be teaching them all the time, which was <laughs> or nagging at them. Yeah. Up. Yeah, that's the jacket, way I guys. would go. I have yeah. my mom hat on, so I'm going to teach you all of my life experience. <gasps> Sit down, make yourself at home <laughs> here. Welcome to my home. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. So you would encourage us, Thalia, as yes. you meet with people. You're saying to actually sit down and think about your identity that yeah. you're operating out of. Like, yeah. so when you see yourself uh, feeling certain things or operating in certain ways, responding to different things, 
actually step back from that experience and say, okay, why? Yeah. Why is this pushing my buttons? Mm-hmm. Why is this making me want to go off Facebook? Like, what are the pieces inside me that this is actually exposing, right? Yeah. That are part of who I'm defining myself at. Mm-hmm. And all, are all those things good or not? And that would usually require either sitting down with a good friend. It's hard to have that conversation with yourself because it's easier than just to turn on Netflix or open a book or go answer an email or something. This is a very unusual conversation to have. We don't really stop to think about our identity and how it's affecting us. Or identities, I guess, should be more because we have many. We have many. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the identity of every person. What do we know to be true of every person? Regardless of the life choices they've made, regardless of what kind of muck they might be in or what kind of trouble, whatever, what do we know as the truth of who they are? So every single person in this entire world is created in the image of God, Genesis 1.26, male and female, fearfully and wonderfully made. And we can't emphasize that enough. Knit. That's Psalm 139. Yeah, knit together in their mother's yeah. womb, right? Yeah. yeah, every single person. And every single person is also eternal. We, are, we have a soul, we are spiritual, and that is important. So this is such a big conversation for me because I think it would decrease the yuck factor we have about the people in our lives that we don't necessarily agree with or we don't like how they look or they smell mm-hmm. or they act. But if we saw them as God sees them, created in his image, fearfully and wonderfully made, we would maybe operate differently when we meet those people. Mm-hmm. Rather than seeing what what we think as their identifier markers yeah, to see right. these things, right? That yeah. they bear the image of God, yeah. that they are fearfully and wonderfully, and that they are loved by God to see that first and foremost. Even the people who have done injustice to us, yeah, which yeah. is a hard pill to swallow. Very hard pill Absolutely. to swallow. Yeah. And we would have time to practice this every day. You know, if you're going shopping yeah. and you see the person pushing their homeless cart, you have the person with the sign on the corner and you have, mm-hmm. you know, the person who's on income assistance and we might think lower of them, but they are created in God's image, fearfully and wonderfully made is only one piece of their identity. And it may not be their identity for forever. That person on income mm-hmm. assistance may have skills and abilities and talents, and they could operate that if somebody would help them along the way. So it should make us more compassionate, more yeah. gracious mm-hmm. towards all the different people in our lives. Yeah. Less judgmental. Yeah. More willing to give people a hand or, yeah, come alongside them. Yeah. Regardless of race, regardless of your socioeconomic status, regardless of your education. Yeah. yeah. And regardless of their choices, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. we want to kind of rule people out because they've made bad choices. But still, in the midst of that, even though they're not maybe walking with God or along the path that you have, there's still somebody that is important to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone that Jesus Christ died for. Yeah. Someone that's created in his image. And if and they're so, alive, the story is not over yet. Yeah. They are fully capable of being redeemed by God. And so we don't want to judge them with, well, they're a goner. They're mm-hmm. lost. Right. They're, they're no use. Like, that's not true. Because part of what our mm-hmm. identity is, is that we all, we all have sinned. Oh, Like, yeah. it doesn't... All of us. Yeah. We all have We're all on an equal muck. plane. Yeah. 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 That's true. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. That's important too for every single person every in single this person. entire world, including ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can't think of ourselves as superior over no. anybody else. No. We've no. just been grabbed by God and rescued out of a place that we were in, kind of headed towards hell. Mm-hmm. And so we can thank God for that, but we're, mm-hmm. it's not because of our own great minds that we've that yeah. we're at that place. So every single person that we encounter in our daily lives needs to be treated with kindness and compassion and respect. We cannot reject or abandon or treat with disgust anybody that we encounter in our daily lives because they are created by God. 
I think it would make a big difference. Well, that how just we made people. things really hard. I know. <laughs> Aaron's shoulders just slumped. <laughs> okay. No. no, I believe this too. I mean, I'm, it's just when you hear it, then sometimes you go, oh, yeah, it's true. I, I just quickly write that person so, off because yeah. it's just too difficult to deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. Those messy people in our lives. Yeah. Those people that we are disappointed in and angry at, we don't like their choices, and those people created by God, loved by Him, and worth our kindness and compassion, respect, etc. Thalia is very <laughs> emphatic here. She's pounding on her Bible. I hear the thumping in the pod. <laughs> I've had so many of these conversations lately. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to get off my soapbox. That's good. <laughs> okay. Soapbox on. Okay. 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 As Christians, what do we add to that identity piece that we have as basic? As all people, what do we add when we're Christians? I'll Redeemed. keep my mouth shut. You go for it. No. <laughs> <laughs> that we are children of God, right? Mm-hmm. That we are we are adopted. We are a part of his family. That we have a place. That we have a belonging. That we, a place to belong. And that we, that he, yeah, that's huge for me yeah. when, I, when I think about that. Part for of me, a community of believers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, what's huge is when I tell people that when you are a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Yeah. That means you have God living inside you to help you with mm-hmm. whatever you struggle with. Fear, anxiety, your past, whatever. You have the Holy Spirit who's equipping you and training you and teaching you to go yeah. forward. Absolutely. And that you're forgiven. Yeah. yeah. Right? That that Christ died for all of your, your bad choices, for whatever's going on in your life, for the day-to-day things that are going on, you are you are forgiven. We are forgiven. And we are righteous in Christ, right? Yeah. So and then because we are righteous in him, we have a relationship with our Holy Father, right? That yeah. that gives us that that forgiveness, that righteousness gives us access to him. And that's really I mean, that's what the gospel's all about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did we say new creation? Not yet. That's no, huge. But that's mm-hmm. big. Second Corinthians five seventeen. We are a new creation when we are a Christian. So all of that gunk from our past, yeah. it's still there, but we don't have to live in that identity. We are now a new creation in Christ going forward. Yeah. yeah. Fresh start. Fresh start. So that fresh start does not. I mean, yes, there's a moment where of in conversion where that happens. But there's also a long road towards True. being a really healed new creation if there's some really yucky stuff in the past. Yeah. So just to <laughs> to clarify that, like, I, yeah. I don't know that your identity as a victim of sexual abuse is going to just dissipate no. um, the moment of conversion. You're not mm-hmm. going to have that likely. Sometimes I think it can I happen it, yeah. for yeah. sure. But in a general sense, that likely isn't going to happen. So there's a space in being a believer where God can take that and heal mm-hmm. that part of your heart, whether, I mean, I'm just using one example of, of abuse, but there would be many other examples of that. Yeah. And God can heal that and take that and place that identity in its proper spot yeah. in relation to all the other identity tags you carry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Primarily I think- being his creation and being redeemed by him. And I think that's the value of being in Bible study and being in places where you're learning from God's word is mm-hmm. that you're continually being taught more and more about who God is and then what that makes you kind of in relation to that. And so I think it's an it's kind of it's oriented by your brain, by your understanding of how these realities actually work. And so the more you know God, the more you're in his word, the more you're challenged by that, the more you'll actually be able to operate out mm-hmm. of that new identity because you'll yeah. understand it. And we would say, if you're not in a small group of some sort, please be in a small group of Christians totally. where you can continually be reminded of these things, that you're forgiven, that you're redeemed, you're a new creation. Because we need to kindly, respectfully kick each other's butt in the right way yeah. so yeah. that we don't live out the identity of our past. 
and that yeah. you're you're hearing you know truth rather than what culture is constantly telling you right yeah you're hearing some truth that's combating what that culture you are identified by your job you're identified by what's happened to you in your past you're identified by how many children you have by your marital status all right. these things instead no you are identified by by god and by what he has done for you and that he loves you he's created you those are the things that we need to constantly be feeding and renewing our mind right. with mm-hmm. right that's good yeah yeah, t- just talking about culture, um, culture it tells us to define ourselves, but when you're within mm-hmm. scripture, it tells you your definition. And there's so much rest in that. And I was thinking back to a couple years ago at our women's retreat, we talked about, we w- worked through the book of Colossians, and there was one section in there which talked about the fact that we've been qualified by Christ um, to be his children. It wasn't our own, mm-hmm. you know, well-being that did it. And for one woman in our group, like that became this huge piece for her because she constantly felt that she had disqualified herself all the oh, way yeah. along. And she wasn't never quite good enough. And she was never... As much as she tried, she could never actually be a good Christian. And then just this mm-hmm. idea that actually God was the one, it had nothing to do with her, mm-hmm. that he's the one that qualified her. It was so relieving and freeing, and it allowed her to operate in this new identity of actually God says I'm good. Mm-hmm. And so who's who are you to say I'm not? <laughs> you yeah. know? And it became part of her journey forward. So I think... And part of her journey in that, that she had been badly treated by people on a regular basis, but now... And she just believed it. Yes. Yeah, because she knew she wasn't good enough. But now understanding that she's qualified and loved by God and she's valued allowed her to say no to that bad treatment and to pursue steps forward to be safe and secure and all that kind of thing. So that's kind of the outcoming, the Mm -hmm. outpouring of that identity shift, understanding where that all fits into place. So why don't we live in our identity as Christians? What would be the things that would hold us back from living as new creations and living as forgiven, redeemed? Well, there's a temptation for your mind to to dwell on things that yeah. are like a habit. Yeah, I also, old patterns. Yeah, yeah. I, I struggle often in hearing people say, oh, you're just working at home with your kids and being the support staff at home. Kind of thing. <laughs> and it just seems like such a demeaning kind of response that you get from people. And then my brain goes there. I'll drive home from that place and be like, oh, right, I'm just a mom at home. Blah. And I get really downer and then I have to like switch it up. But it happens regularly, like Easily every week, I'm hmm. having that conversation in my head as I'm driving someplace to pick up a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of people don't know. They aren't reading their Bibles or listening to their Bibles or aren't in a small group. So they don't know this good news that, hmm. of our new identity. Yeah. So that's why I encourage people to be in groups of some sort, to be reading and listening to their Bible, because then we can hear who God is and how right. he views us. That's my kick butt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What happens well, also, sorry, no, go ahead. also our, in our culture, there's this whole thing of like taking whatever that part that you really want to savor and just building on it. Mm. So if that's your sexuality, if that's mm. your race, what whatever it might be, just it, your true you, right? Like <laughs> yeah. just feed that, feed that thing. So whether it's a, a career minded person or whatever, like just if that's who you truly are, then, then just go for just it. Just go for it. And that's a that's a battleground for us because we're living in that culture. Every TV show, everything, everything is telling us to just feed that. And it's not actually scriptural. We're supposed to feed who we are in Christ. That's a scary one because when you think about if we're holding on to our identity, like if I hold on to my identity as pastor really tightly, yeah. there's going to come a day when I'm not in this role. Yeah. So what then? Yeah. yeah, My kids are starting to leave home. I'm starting to do the empty nest thing. So I'm not a mom on a full-time basis. So what am I then? 
that like we we have to start wrestling with the fact that we have to hold our worldly identities quite loosely because they may disappear or we may have to give them up. I don't yeah. know how you want to phrase that. Yeah. Based mm-hmm. on health, based on yeah. a spouse dying, based on job changes, totally. based on all kinds of things. Or even an accident where yeah. you, you lose yeah. your ability to, to run and do the things that you love yeah. to do, right? Right. Yeah, I think we start to start wrestling with letting go a little bit of the world's identities and really clinging more to how God views us, regardless of all those other things. Right. So that if that thing gets popped, yeah, it doesn't destroy us. Destroy you. Yeah. Yeah. What would be other helpful identity pieces that we could hang on to? Like, what are things we can tell ourselves that are helpful things as we move forward in our in our faith walk? Well, one thing that's helped me. Um, is that when I joined the staff of Northview, I was at first intimidated to join all the different kinds of classes and learning opportunities, even the messages, because everybody here knows so much. So I started saying to myself, actually, I'm a learner. And I'm going to be a learner until I have no more breath in my lungs or no more mental ability to do that. And that has really helped me to be able to step into a TLC class, which is our learning classes on Wednesdays, listen to the messages, to be present at a precepts class or wherever that I am a, I'm a learner and I don't have to know all the answers right now. But just join me. Let's learn together. And it's mm-hmm. freed me up very much so. And I'm really thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And even as like a pastor's wife, right, even just saying to me just that, that my kids are human. They are, they're fallen, right? Just as I am. And so we, we are forgiven, but we're not perfect. And so our, our family's not perfect. We don't, I don't parent perfectly. Yeah. I don't go out into the public atmosphere and behave perfectly yeah. all the time, but that's, that's okay. You yeah. know, um, mm-hmm. and there's forgiveness and that's, but that's who I am. I'm, I am human, right? Yeah. I am a forgiven human, right? So that's, that's important for me to always, uh, for, to help to tell myself. Yep. Yeah. And to just see ourselves as fellow believers alongside everybody else in our yeah. church, right? Re- recognizing, yeah. like letting go of the fact that we feel like we have to be perfect because of maybe our roles or whatever. Yeah. Just realizing, yeah, we're walking alongside everybody else here the in this congregation. Sisters and brothers in Christ. Yeah. That language really helps me when I identify mm-hmm. people around me as being brothers and sisters in Christ, then I treat them differently. So and that, I think it's even what Aaron said too about being aware of the things that are feeding your like your feet your your grounding your identity in your kids, right? So for example, if Facebook is problematic for you, then maybe you need to like shut off that voice mm-hmm. in your life, you know? Or if perhaps something that that's challenging the way that you view yourself and and so perhaps it's replacing that with something that is a positive and a, the right voice, a voice of truth in your life. Yes. Might be the group of friends. Yes. Yeah. And that small group, right, that you yeah. were talking about, right? Yeah. Oh. That's good. Yeah. So we've gone about 34 minutes. Okay. Any last thoughts? No? Do you want to pray for us then, Thalia, as we talk? Sure. I'd love to. Close this topic. Yep. Lord, as we've been talking about identity, we are so thankful that you have given us a new identity in you, that we are new creations, that you have forgiven us, that you love us, that we um, are yours. We are your children, Lord. I pray that you would help us to remember the truth of who we are in you, that we would study our Bibles and listen to them, that we would be in small groups so that we would be reminded over and over again of who we are in you. And Lord, I pray that you would give us time to think about what kinds of worldly identities we're holding onto and how that is affecting us. Lord, instead of um, switching quickly to Netflix or Instagram or things like that, Lord, I pray that we would pause and think about what we're holding onto that's not true and instead to be grounded in the truth of who you are. 
So we ask for that, for help in that. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen.